Hi everyone, this is Steve Johnson and welcome to PBV Pod. Today I am joined with Frank Panero. Hey Frank, how you doing? Good, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm in Frank's classroom right now and it is, uh, I love this classroom. I've always loved every classroom you're in. Um, but before we get started, go ahead and just say uh, the school you teach at, grade level, subject, and anything else you want to share about yourself. Great, so I'm Frank Panero. I teach uh, eighth grade U.S. history at Actus Junior High School. Um, I've been teaching for uh, close to 12, 13 years or so. I also spent some time as a vice principal at Actus before, and I'm currently the C5 teacher here as well. Great. Okay, so looking around your classroom, um, it is the quintessential U.S. history classroom. It's red, white, and blue, and um, super functional. So why don't you just take a moment and kind of explain to the audience uh, kind of the way you have it set up. Yeah, so uh, when you first come into the classroom, you're, you're going to notice the, the rows of, of seats. Now, that's not uh, something that I prefer, but uh, because of the fact that that's the furniture I've received, that's, that's what I use, uh, but it's very flexible. We, we continue to move from rows to uh, uh, small groups to pairs, uh, but around the room, you'll, you will see some flexible seating. We have uh, some couches, some stools, some uh, bean bags. Uh, but the one item that you probably don't see very often in a junior high class is the um, the group table or the roundup table is what I call it for my small group instruction. Um, so typically, uh, students are guided through the curriculum uh, through a, a blended approach. We we have the traditional activities, but we also uh, use um, hyperdocs as the 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 way we package our lessons. And throughout those hyperdocs. Um, Periodically, there are, there are things that I use, certain tools that I use to check on the student's progress. And if I, fi I find a student who is uh, not really uh, understanding the concepts, I won't hesitate to pull them off to the side uh, for some small group instruction. So an elementary teacher uh, is right there with you. Uh, he or she does that on a daily basis. Junior high, though, you don't see those U-shaped, those, uh, you, you know, uh, horseshoe shaped tables very often in a classroom. Uh, how many students do you have sitting there at any given time? Is it just one or do you work with a group? It varies. I, I try to pull back um, at least five at a time, uh, but some classes, uh, depending on the need, I might only have two or three. Um, what I found really interesting is uh, when I only have one or two students at my roundup group, um, I will sometimes open it up to the other students uh, mm -hmm. who I have not identified that needs additional assistance, and they are so eager to come over and to get that, that small group instruction. Right. That's great. Okay. Well, we could keep talking about the room because it does look great, and there's so many cool things and functional things you have in here. But um, I guess the first official question is, what is your favorite aspect about teaching U.S. history? You know, I, I think the thing that I love the most is when the students arrive to class, they are, or to the school the first day, they, they typically find social studies to be very boring. Um, and I find that as a challenge. Um, and I want to change their minds. So I spend the entire year trying to change their minds. And one of the ways I do that is by using technology. Uh, I use technology to kind of draw them in. Um, see, technology allows me to go beyond the textbook, uh, gives me uh, additional sources. Um, uh, different uh, gives the students different exposures to the content and it helps them realize that social studies is really taking place all around them. Um, 
it also allows students to have more control of what they learn, how they learn it, and how they demonstrate to me that they've learned it. So a lot of options there. Um, and finally, it provides greater opportunities uh, for students to collaborate and to communicate. Uh, just yesterday, we were working on an assignment where students were posting uh, their views about a controversial topic uh, on Flipgrid, and students were then able to watch each other's videos and comment and um, of course, all that is being moderated by me. Mm, great. Okay. Yeah, Flipgrid is something that's really, really been popular this this year, and you use that, and the students use it, and you use it as well. Oh, for sure. Yes. Okay. Uh, great tool. Um, it just it just uh, allows some of the kids who don't speak much in class to actually have voice and and uh, that everybody can hear. And they, sometimes they they feel more comfortable doing it that way. Mm. Okay. Uh, what is one thing you'd like to tell teachers who work one grade level before you? Uh, and you can, you know, focus on elementary teachers if you'd like, uh, since you're an eighth grade teacher. Um, I would probably encourage elementary teachers to continue to look for ways to integrate social studies uh, with other areas of their curriculum. And I, and I realize that uh, there are a lot of a lot of constraints as far as time, and and the emphasis is primarily on reading and math, but um, just to see if there's any opportunity for cross-curricular integration of social studies. Um, try to get away from just looking at social studies as an enrichment or a kind of like a second-ranked subject. So what is one thing you'd like to tell teachers who work a grade level after you? Good luck. Uh, they're all yours. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think those conversations are, are, are definitely valuable. Uh, I, I haven't had an opportunity to, to sit down with some high school teachers, but um, that's definitely something that, um, that I, I see a lot of value in. Right, those vertical conversations. Exactly. Good. All right. How do you think we can build strong collective teacher efficacy at schools throughout the district? Well, I'll start with self-efficacy, um, and I, I, I look at that and I think of it as being very dynamic. Um, my, my personal uh, efficacy in May is much different than it was in September. And so there, it's natural to have those ups and downs. Um, I, I kind of think of it like a car driving down the road, a few potholes here and there. Um, and so when we think of collective efficacy, it, it's it's like the suspension on that car. It's going to kind of be, help balance things out a little bit. And I really think that collective efficacy would, would start with leadership. Um, school leadership, district leadership, it really starts there. And as a, a former school uh, uh, administrator, um, I, I used to always love seeing our current administrator here, uh, Mr. Spears, um, he would do such a good job of empowering his staff, uh, giving them a voice in the direction of the school, um, giving uh, teachers a, a little bit of that buy-in, um, and they, they, that definitely supports uh, collective efficacy. Uh, so making them true stakeholders. Um, also, another thing that, that I, I see that could support collective efficacy would be to create a culture of celebration, just really get out there and celebrate those who have shown that they have it and it, it can be seen through their student performance or student success. Um, another thing is, is, and I think 
that Panama does such a great job with this is that we already have our PLC time kind of built into our schedule and that's important um, as far as allowing teachers to collaborate, to analyze the plan, to uh, do their data teams, um, and to really establish some school-wide best practices. So I always think that when you reflect and direct, uh, you, when you're doing that with your teaching, it's, it's, it's going to build efficacy. And uh, finally, one other thing that I would probably throw in there to make sure that it continues to be supported district-wide would be to uh, empower our teachers with choice and to really take advantage of the talent we have in our district. And we've done that. We've seen that with PBVCon. You were a big, uh, big uh, part of that. Um, and of course, with our new seventh column in our pay scale, that that uh, opportunity, that professional development opportunity, um, that certainly uh, it really builds an uh, efficacy throughout the entire district. I, I really think the, the future is bright here in Panama with, with those things in place. I'd like to second uh, what you said about Mr. Spears. He is a great leader, and I really enjoyed working. Okay, we're back. We had a little technical difficulty there. Uh, but what I wanted to say about Mr. Spears is he's just such a great leader, and, and like what you said, uh, he definitely uh, has teachers provide feedback. Uh, he garners buy-in. And I really felt as I was working here that he would put in the resources necessary to build my capacity, whether it was through conferences, PLC, AVID, technology. I think that he was a, a great model of, of, of teaching. So Actus is in great hands. Uh, with him, oh so, for sure, for yeah. sure, yeah, and 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 it's continued since you've you've been gone. Um, um, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what is the best way to encourage the use of data-driven instruction during PLC time? You know, I, I think the most valuable uh, way to do that is to um, seek out teams that are are doing it well, uh, doing a great job with it, um, and really break it down to its main components, the, you know, the assessment, the analysis, and the action. Uh, but allow uh, groups who are, are grade level teams who are, are maybe not utilizing that PLC time very well to see what is possible. Mm -hmm. And uh, as, as far as our team here, our eighth grade U.S. history team here, uh, I think we, uh, we've certainly had a great start with PLC. Um, but I think the thing that we're missing is a tool. And that's why I'm so excited to use Illuminate next year. It's going to be that tool that's going to kind of put all the pieces together. Um, very excited about that, and I can't wait to, to jump into it. Great. Okay. What book or books have you read or gifted lately? Uh, well, I've uh, earlier this year I read the book Empower, uh, What Happens When Students Own Their Learning, and that's by A.J. Giuliani and John Spencer. And it, it kind of uh, builds off of uh, the concepts that we were talking about with uh, collective efficacy, but down to the student le uh, level, um, giving them, uh, empowering them with, uh, with options, choices in your classroom. And, and just the concept of, of changing your uh, format of your class to really, um, uh, really get students to take ownership of their learning. Uh, another book that I recently started is Shake Up Learning um, by uh, Casey Bell, um, and uh, 
the one thing that I've, I've come away with, and I'm only about four chapters in, is, is that it kind of it reads as um, like a keynote, uh, very inspiring. Uh, can't wait to get into the real practical ideas. But there's one line that she has is that uh, technology is not a magic solution for education. It is an opportunity. And that's, that's what I'm going to take next year as a C5 teacher and really try to, um, try to spread that message uh, to our staff. Um, because I think as a district, we, we already have a great foundation as far as uh, technology integration. I think we need to take that next step. And, and so I'm, I'm real anxious to learn a little bit more about that. I think the C5 position is a really important position. And that person at each school site can have such an impact on all the teachers and the academic coach and the principal. They can really lead the way, as far as technology is concerned, blending learning uh, and, and also kind of shaping the path for what's being done in classrooms uh, as far as innovative things are concerned. So, uh, so yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah, and, and with, the, with the new... Uh, the new deliverables that are attached to the C5 position, it's it certainly, it builds capacity among those C5 teachers who may have been real hesitant to reach out or put on a PD session or, or um, put on a, a newsletter uh, to just share their ideas with the staff. I, I, I definitely agree with you. It is a very important position moving forward. Definitely. Okay, what movie or documentary have you watched lately that would benefit teachers? Well, one documentary that comes to mind is not new. Uh, I think it was released in 2014. Um, it's called Fed Up, and it really focuses on the sugar uh, pandemic in America. I mean, we, I think the, uh, the recommended uh, amount of sugar that uh, people should uh, consume a day is anywhere between 24 and 32 grams. And if you're sitting there with the soda in your hand, take a look at and see how much sugar is in that soda. You've already exceeded that amount. Um, and, the, and the way I tie that into why it could be beneficial for teachers is um, kind of goes with a quote that I, I recently saw online. It says, you can't pour from an empty cup. And teachers really need to take care of themselves, uh, make sure they're feeling well in order for them to uh, be able to perform at their best in the classroom. So I guess that would be a documentary that I, I see some connection with. And if you are a PE teacher out there, there are tons of instructional material, free instructional material that go along with that documentary. Uh, just to teach kids about health and fitness and wellness. Well, I like what you said about taking care of yourself. It's kind of like those, uh, you know, pieces of paper, brochures that are in airplanes as far as, you know, in case of an emergency and the, the oxygen masks drop, put one on yourself before your child because you've got to, you know, you've got to make sure you can breathe in order to put the mask on the child. Uh, so that you can continue taking care of him right. or her. So same thing in education. We have to take care of ourselves physically, emotionally, and fill our cup with knowledge that we can share with the students and with fellow teachers. Absolutely. So that's great. Okay, you had a really good uh, way of ending the podcast, a really good idea. Why don't you go ahead and share what that is? Uh, well, with the connection with uh, the, the school podcast, I thought one of the games you often see out on the playground is tag. And so I thought it would be a great way to end each podcast with uh, that game. So uh, the current guest would um, select someone or, or a, a topic even uh, that they would like to see featured on um, your podcast, Steve. 
And so it'd be kind of like a tag, you're it. Um, and I thought that's something that maybe we could start uh, today. Okay. Um, so, so, okay, you're it. Who are you going to tag next? Uh, I would like to tag uh, Hans Tolman. Ooh. Now, uh, do you want to let them know who Hans Tolman is? Yes, Hans Tolman is an ed tech leader in Shafter. And um, well, little does the audience know, you, you knew, Frank, that I was going to be interviewing him. So you're doing me a, a solid right now because you're making my job easier since I have him lined up. But um, I think that's a great idea to ask the person who's being interviewed, who do you want to hear from next? Because the people who are listening to this podcast are the people that are probably going to be interviewed on it. And it'd be great to know who everyone wants to um, to listen to. So any other ideas of people? Well, I just, I just want to uh, also share that I think this is a great thing that you're doing, Steve. Um, uh, something I mentioned to you the other day was that our district is growing. Uh, there's so many employees, um, such a large uh, geographic area that this podcast is allowing us to keep that small district feel. Um, hearing people from uh, different sites, uh, uh, from the district office, uh, hearing their um, insight, their knowledge is, has just been extremely valuable. So I want to encourage you to keep this, this up. This is great. Well, thanks, Frank. I appreciate it. And thank you very much for your time today. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, this is great. Uh, thank you so much. I can't believe I was a guest on Steve's podcast. <laughs>